This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Going with Chris Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome back to Horsepower Happenings on, uh, is this an all-new night? No, we're finally back to Mondays after a couple of uh, weeks of being on the wrong day. We return to our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, great show coming up tonight. We'll get into it, but first, let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Joey Logano and Kyle Busch went head-to-head in a in a uh, overtime finish at Gateway in Illinois on Sunday, packed house. Got to witness this one as Joey Logano goes to victory lane in the Cup Series. What is this, like the third or fourth time that he's won on a new track or new configuration or new something with this new car? Logano's got it figured out. He gets the win on Sunday. Corey Hine picks up the win in the Truck Series at Gateway on Saturday, but the note of this event, Carson Hosevar wrecks hard and turns one and two from inside the top 10. Big hit on that final lap. In a statement, the last thing that we've seen here on Horsepower Happenings, it says, quote, I want to thank all the fans for reaching out since the accident. Definitely feeling the love. I know you're all eager for an update, but I'm waiting on the specialist's results on my ankle before sharing. He went on to say, I'm eager to get back behind the wheel and we'll update you soon when I know more. Uh, Of course, uh, we'll talk about this with Rich France, a big late model race coming up this week that Carson was scheduled to be in. We'll hear what happens with that maybe coming up later this week. Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series in action Friday and Saturday at West Virginia Motor Speedway. Devin Moran picks up the win Friday night. It was Superman Jonathan Davenport who grabbed the finale on Saturday. And that's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. And uh, thank you. And good job this weekend. Recovering now. Yeah. Recovery mode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, a Monday night horsepower happening show is not good when you're gone for three days. That's but, right. Uh, yeah, but no, enjoyed it. Um, man, the Arca Series Super Series uh, put on a great show. A lot of top talent was out there. Um, we'll get to that story in a minute. But uh, yeah, no, um, I was talking to, uh, you know, you know Zach Dunstan down there at, uh, at Jennerstown and Johnny Van Dorn, and, and they're kind of waiting, too, to see what's going on. Uh, of course, Carson Hosevar was supposed to drive that 71 machine Uh for Van Dorn Racing Development uh, on Wednesday in the Money in the Bank 150. Uh, to my understanding, that's on hold to find out, uh, you know, Carton's, Carson's health situation. We're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, it. He was still in the hospital pretty late on Saturday night yeah. when I left Jennerstown. So um, it probably doesn't look good for him to be in that event now. But uh, we're just going to have to wait and see until we get the official word. 
All right. Well, uh, as you mentioned, a big weekend for you over the weekend, sir. You got to hit the road and check another one off the racetrack's attended list. Yeah, first one for me. First time I'd ever been there. And what a facility this is. I, I Before I get into the story, Zach, uh, great facility, great people. Treated us fantastic. Uh, can't, I will go back there in a minute. Just sign me up for the next one. Um, the Arcaceri Super Series made their first trip to Jennerstown Speedway this weekend as a solo sanctioned event with the Laurel Highlands 150 on tap. Uh, 15 entries made their way to Jennerstown. We had uh, we had 18, but we had a few cancellations at the last minute. Uh, Michael House, two-time track champion at the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway in their pro late model uh, premier division, set fast time for the field on Saturday afternoon, and then it was determined the field uh, and it was determined the field would start the ten thousand dollar to win event straight up, no inversion. Uh, it was also a controlled caution event, Zach. So every fifty laps of green flag racing, the caution would fly. Uh, House would take the lead from the start and pace the field through the first 100 laps and two control cautions. But that's when everything changed. House was an- unable to make it back onto the track within the two-lap pit window at the lap 100 break because they couldn't get fuel in the car. So what happened, uh, he finally got out a lap later, and he went to the tail of the lead lap. For all intents and purposes, Michael House's day was over. We'll get into more of that. We're not done talking about Michael House. Um Jesse Love would pick up the race lead on the restart on lap 101, but that was short-lived when Derek Griffith and Love made contact, allowing Griffith to assume the point. Uh, The two would make contact a few more times over the next two laps, which ended up with Love getting into Griffith, putting both into the wall in turns three and four. House was collateral damage as he backed it into the fence in turn three. He was done for the night. Uh, After a lengthy pit stop, during the cleanup, Love was able to return, but no longer competitive due to the damage on his number 28 machine. Uh, on the restart, Casey Roderick assumed the race lead, but couldn't get away from the 50 of Kyle Crump. The two would stage a great battle side-by-side side with Crump making a great move to the high side and getting by Roderick uh, on lap 116. From there, it was all Crump as he drove to nearly a three-second advantage and locking down another huge win and a big payday. Uh, and Zach, I caught up with Kyle in the pit area following the event to get his thoughts. Man, uh, you know, we were joking around over in Victory Lane about me being at these races and and, and you picking up these big crown jewel paychecks. Um, talk about tonight, man, because uh, first half of the race, let's start with that. Hat sounded like it was pretty boring. Nobody wanted to race anybody. Yeah, that first half, I mean, uh, Michael House, Jesse Love, Derek Griffith, and I, we were all really equal, like, we were, we were all saving tires, but, like, every time we tried to gain on somebody, they, they wouldn't let you get to them. So it kind of made it a, a boring race for the race fan, but, like, it, it really was coming down to track position and who could be in front of one another. But, uh, yeah, that first half, I mean, just biding your time and riding. Actually, that was the first 100 laps. You guys come down and get tires, and everything breaks loose. Um, big accident down in turns three and four, Derek Griffith, Jesse Love, Michael House, what did you see? Yeah, I was I was racing Casey Roderick after that start, and uh, Jesse got into Derek going into one. It looked just accidental racing stuff, and then uh, they just started throwing haymakers at each other. And down the back stretch, you could see Derek got turned around, and uh, I don't know, he hit the wall pretty good. Jesse was out. I guess Michael piled in later, and 
you know, I, I hated to see it because I wanted to race them for the win, but at the same time, I knew it was uh, uh, pretty good news for me because I knew I, I was like probably the fourth fastest car or contending with them. You work up there, you get in a battle with Nasty, you get by him, and you get by Roderick and make a really nice move on the outside of him. Um, when you got by Casey, did you think this is mine to lose now? Yeah, that was a, a wicked battle with Casey and Steven. I, I want to say it, it almost lasted like 10 laps. We were three wide, two wide the whole time, and uh, I knew it came down between me and Steven, whoever could get around Roderick first, so we were both pushing pretty hard. But, uh, yeah, Steven, Steven had good pace when he was underneath me, so I got around Roderick, and I, I was curious how fast he could get around him because uh, I, I, I didn't know if he had something for me. But once he, he got out, behind me and i was pulling him like a tenth a lap i, I kind of knew i was just riding for there to the end yeah talk to me about your last year you got to pinch yourself red bud after the red bud 400 win um man you've been on a roll and have been competitive for the win every single place you go i guess we we can't say that before that right but th is that what changed you is something in you changed because we've seen a big change in you in the last year yeah, a big deal is just working with JVD. Like when I was with the Stan Rosen program before I picked up the Crosstown deal, like it, it was kind of we were a top five. We knocked off a lot of seconds, but we never had like the it factor to make us, you know, contending for wins or leading all those laps. And, you know, JVD and I kind of we really click. We're just good friends. And I mean, he tunes the crap out of that car and puts a very good piece underneath me and keeps me calm and a lot of guidance and just i have a really good feeling that like that's kind of what clicked yeah. man congratulations tell me this is your chance tell me everybody who's helped you out and and who is responsible for this win besides the guy in the driver's seat yeah the crosstown team as a whole uh we got bob senior he's the the grandpa to everybody uh you know he, he he's the one who funds the whole deal for me and uh you know bob his son carmen his daughter uh, and then all the grandchildren, there's so many, I can't even name them all, but they they do everything for me. I mean, I, I, I got kind of a dream come true ride here. I don't have to do much other than focus on driving, and I really think that's a big portion of why I'm doing so well. Kyle, congratulations. Good luck at Berlin. Thank you. Steven Nassi uh, would get by Roderick for second uh, with Casey holding on to third. Logan Bearden and Albert Francis would complete the top five. So, Zach, uh, a lot going on. In the final 50 laps, the that that made uh, that third of the race exciting. Next up on the CRA schedule, the Van Dorn Racing Development 125, a convo e event for the Super Series and the Jake CRA All Stars Tour, Saturday, June 18th at the Flat Rock Speedway. Now, Zach, I have to ask you a question: um, True or false? And then you can even comment. Bubba Pollard, Stephen Nassie, Derek Griffith, Casey Roderick, and Kyle Crump are some of the best pavement late late model drivers in the country. Has Crump earned to be in that conversation? Well, you know, it's interesting when you talk to him. I forget that he is not a, you know, recon recognized as a superstar late model driver across the country. Uh, just because we know what he's capable of and we have known what he's capable of here in the state of Michigan. But now, uh, you know, yeah, a little bit of luck went his way, but he was there to capitalize on it. You uh, look at his runs at, at Winchester and even the All-American, he ran good up until he had his issues. Um, man, I think Red Bud 400 definitely caught everybody's attention. And I'm telling you what, I think you got to put his name in the hat for sure. What do you think? When we've talked to him, he said he, he wanted to race with those guys to learn and get better. Um, I don't think they want to see him a whole lot anymore, to be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he is on a roll, Zach, in the last year. Uh, he hasn't lost 
when he hasn't won, he's been very, very competitive and he's won some big events, right? Uh, right. He won Battle at Berlin last year, the Redbud 400, uh, Lucas Oil for the Jake Seri All-Stars Tour. He won that event. Um, man, won at Berlin earlier this year, won at Birch Run, and now he goes on the road and picks up a $10,000. I think you got to put him in, in that conversation until he takes himself back out. I mean, uh, right now he's one of the hottest guys in the country. You got to say, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, I think that he is one of the one of the hottest guys in the country, and uh, I think that he just continues to prove himself. And uh, we'll be interested to see. Will we see him Wednesday at, at Berlin? I don't. I, you know, what what do we think? Yes, he's going to be in Stan and Judy Rosen's 131 machine. So we confirm that on Saturday. So he'll be there on Wednesday in that car. Wow. And and I'll give you a little update after the race. Um, the last lap of the uh laurel highlands 150 that motor laid down on him oh he yes so um i think he was glad they didn't have five more laps to go <laughs> yeah you think <laughs> yep so um yeah but just enough just enough to get it there um get it wrapped up so yep he'll be in the 131 machine this wednesday at the money in the bank 150 all right let's talk about a big weekend for me you were off playing in the uh, jennerstown pennsylvania area meanwhile i busted out the tonka toys and uh, played in the mud friday and saturday at I-96 Speedway for the Full Throttle Nationals featuring the Fast on Dirt 410 Sprint Cars, Great Lakes Super Sprints presented by Engine Pro and ARP, and, of course, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Car Series alongside the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints. What a weekend of racing, and it all started on Friday night, and the first feature event of the evening belonged to the 410 Sprint Cars on Friday. It was Matt Westfall, the 2021 Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Car Series champion, who went from 6th to 1st to grab the win. He beat out California's Ricky Lewis, who uh, elected to stay in Michigan over the weekend to battle for a Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Car Series championship. He bested Isaac Chappell, Stevie Irwin, and Keith Shefford Jr., who rounded out the top five in the non-wing side of things. 410 Sprint Cars would be next, and what a show. Danny Sams third comes from 8th, and gets the win, but so much more than that happened. Zeth Sabo and none other than Dustin Daggett were the class of the field until Sabo tried to pull the trigger on a slide job, did not get clear of Daggett, exiting turn four. The pair made contact. Both went into the front stretch wall. It would end the night for Daggett. Sabo was able to continue, but that car was not the same. Nate Dussel got around him in the incident and went on to lead until Northport, Florida's Danny Sams found the top of the racetrack and blistered around the outside and ended up going to victory lane for uh, inside of his fifth 410 sprint car win ever. I think it may have only be his second ever 410 sprint car series win, and it came in a big way. Sams wins, Nate Dussel second, Sabo holds on for third, Ricky Peterson in fourth, Tyler Rankin rounds out the top five. Then Great Lakes Super Sprint Series action ends the night. Nate Dussel, that name sound familiar? It's gonna. He goes from third to the win, survived a lot of late race restarts, count them three times. They had to restart that race within five laps to go. Danny Sams the third, the driver that was on his heels, couldn't capitalize on the restart. He'll finish in second. Dustin Daggett comes from seventh to finish third. Brad Lamberson fourth. Zane DeVault rounds out the top five, but the story of the night, Max Stambaugh, after having to run the B main, Starts 18th. That cat was on the podium until a late race restart. He fell back to 6th. Gained 12 spots that night. Uh, what a performance by Max Stambaugh on Friday night. Okay, Friday night's in the books. we are got to do it all over again. Re-rack them, re-stack them, get them ready for Saturday night 
as part of the full throttle nationals at I-96 Speedway. Still the same three divisions of sprint car racing. First show on the docket for Friday night, the Great Lakes Super Sprints, presented by Engine Pro and ARP. Nate Dussel, hustle and bustle. Nate Dussel, the Hoosier Racing Tire Hard Charger, comes from 13th and takes the victory in the in the 360 side of things. He beats out Max Stambaugh, who came from 7th. Jared Horseman started on the pin, wheeled it back to 3rd. Then it was Greg Dahlman from 12th, who finishes 4th. Dustin Daggett holds steady, starting 5th and finishing 5th. Non-wing sprints. They ended up with a freight train on the bottom of the racetrack, and Steve Irwin did a nice job coming from the point to go to victory lane. Held off an eager Keith Sheffer Jr., who tried to get the lead early in that race, but never could recover after losing some distance on Irwin. Uh, he finishes 2nd. Isaac Chappell 3rd. Matt Westfall in fourth, Dallas Hewitt rounds out the top five and the nightcap. The fast 410 sprints on dirt. Guess who? Hustle and bustle. Nate Dussel comes from the third starting spot to finish in first. Picks up the win. Rich France for the second night in a row. Max Stambaugh comes from 14th, gains 12 spots, finishes second in the Smith Motorsports number 71H. Nice job by him. Dustin Daggett holds on for third. Zeth Sabo in fourth. Lee Jacobs, who brought the field to green, finishes in fifth. So what a weekend. All sorts of sprint car racing. I lost my voice at one point on Saturday, got the lodgings going, got it back, and uh, I'm telling you, that was an exciting two days of racing at I-96. we got to talk to Mad Max and tell him that is not easy living from what he's trying to do there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and he's really had, you know, he hasn't been winning a bunch of races, but Man, he's been in the top five every single week. Those you know, just knocking on the door. Both nights when I saw him, uh, more so Friday night when I saw him unload in the B main, I thought, "What is going on, Max?" And and then I figured, you know, he's going to have a hard time finishing in the top ten in those features. And all of a sudden, I'm calling his name under caution as a driver who could win the race. Uh, so the don't give up attitude really working for Stambaugh. Yeah, we've we've seen these guys together quite a bit, but talk to me about Danny Sams the third man. What a year he's had! I mean, he's got six, eight wins now, doesn't he? I mean, he's just been. We I don't think we'd have guessed that he would have had this many wins on tour this year, but uh, but he's doing an unbelievable job out of the gate. I tell you what, he leads the Great Lakes Super Sprint Series points going into the weekend. He doesn't get a GLSS win, but he does go to victory lane with fast and gets a second behind uh, Nate Dussel, so continues to pad the points lead. He won at Crystal the week before. Uh, of course, the the doubleheader win at Wayne County. Uh, this cat has teamed up with Home Pro Roofing, and I don't know what Shannon and the guys are doing with that race car. I don't know if it's the little extra funding. I don't know if it's the encouragement of having the extra funding, but Danny Sams won the season ender last year at Merritt Speedway, and the kid hasn't stopped. He's been, he's been on a roll ever since. Uh, Take note of who Danny Sams is because the Northport, Florida driver is going to be wreaking havoc up here in the state of Michigan the rest of the summer. Yeah, he's been doing great. Zach, let's get in a little bit of local results. Okay? Sure. I'll, let me, uh, let's go. I'll kick. I'll, I'll start with Friday. Uh, Friday, Tri-City Motor Speedway. Uh, Eric Spangler traveled over to Tri-City, picked up the late model win. Uh, Colin Thurlby, just as he's been doing this year on the IMCA side, picked up the win there. Uh, Winston on Friday. Chad Finley picked up another win uh, on the 2022 season. And uh, John McCall won in the IMCA Modifieds. Uh, and then Saturday, Zach, uh, Dona Marcoulier made a last-minute decision to go to Merritt. Uh, seems like that was a good decision to go. Uh, Dona Marcoulier picks up the win Saturday at Merritt. Colin Thurlby, 
the UMP modified win. So Colin Thurlby, quite the weekend. And Brian Brindley grabbed the B-Mod win. All right, let's talk about some other things. Uh, we work our way to Thunderbird on Saturday. Brandon Thurlby picks up win number one of the 2022 season in late models. And uh, I know he, they looked pretty happy to finally get that car in victory lane, the pictures that I saw. How about Jacob Poole? I'd like him and Colin Thurlby to meet somewhere uh, and, and go at it because he's back in victory lane with IMCA Modifieds. And then look at Butler. How about this? Uh, David Van Gilder goes to victory lane for the first time in 2022 at Butler Motor Speedway. And Noah Dunlap finds his first ever sprint car win at Butler on Saturday night. So nice job by them. Coming up later in the show, or in just a couple minutes, actually, we're going to talk to this gentleman back to Friday night on the pavement side, Rich France. David McManus, monster payday from Birch Run Speedway in the downright awesome night at Birch Run. $5,000 to win that race. We're going to talk to him a little bit later on. He took home more than the 5K. More on that coming up. Yeah, he sure did. And then this is like old news, right? Uh, with Tyler Roerig always winning a race. Fresh off his little 500 win uh, at Plymouth Speedway. Round one of the Grand Slam series. We were all waiting that. Tyler Roerig says, thank you very much. I will take the first one. 39, Zach, 39 outlaws were wow. on hand. That's where all the outlaws are. So, uh they're putting a lot of money up. Isn't Kevin there a Sowers. country? Isn't there a country song about that? Where have all the outlaws gone? Well, they're at Plymouth Speedway. <laughs> is where they're at. Okay, because everybody else, everybody else is drawing anywhere from fifteen to twenty-one cars, and uh, but they're putting up a lot of money. Now this may go down as some of the guys don't have a chance for the big money at the end, but uh, we'll have to see. But right more, out of the gate, I think that's outstanding. More importantly to me. Did you see Kevin Sauer's video on Facebook where he scanned the stands? That place was packed, and those grandstands, Rich, are huge. And there was, I mean, probably if you took out all the empty seats, you'd maybe have half a section of fans uh, with, without, you know, without sitting in them. And then you move all the people up from the, from the ground level and put them in those seats. I think you got a packed house at Plymouth for their season opener. Nice job, Kevin Sauer. Yeah, if I, if I recall, those grandstands came from Michigan International Speedway. That's right. And, and they brought them down there because it's got the deck on it and all that stuff. It, it was one of those nice decks that they had. So, uh, yeah, you know, if it came from MIS, it's not a small grandstand. It's really nice. And filling that place up, wow. Uh, Caps off. I would have loved to have been there. Caps I'm going to have to get down there for one of those events one way or another. Yeah, a nice job, Kevin Sauer and crew. I know they were really looking forward to getting things opened up. And uh, I'm telling you what, congratulations to the fans who, who turned out and, and really put that place back on the map as a pavement facility. I wasn't sure, can I be honest? I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but it looks like it's going to be a success. Yep, and congrats to Tyler Roerg for picking up round one. Um, and we know... You know, he, he's going to be busy now this week, Wednesday as well, as he's going to be in the Lee Van Dyke machine, as he told us uh, last week, for the Money in the Bank 150 on Wednesday at Berlin. Of course, more on that coming up uh, later in the show when we have our look ahead. Let's get into our first interview for the night, and uh, the theme tonight is going to be domination over the weekend, and this guy had that covered. We'll talk about it coming up. Let us know who we're chatting to. Yeah, the Zach, this gentleman's been running good all season right out of the gate. Um Got himself a big payday this weekend at the Birch Run Speedway, a home game for him, I guess, of sorts. Uh, in the in the downright awesome modified night, a 50-lap feature event, took home the win there and a big payday. David McManus, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. 
Thanks a lot, Zach and Rich. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back with you guys, and especially after this last weekend, man, that was incredible. Yeah, first let's talk about this event. Um, a pretty cool deal. They've been pumping it up for a while. Uh, really good thing for the kids, and and you even had an opportunity uh, to help help out Hurley Hurley Hospital as well. Yeah, hundred percent. You know the kinds of money that they raised for this event. Um, was unreal. You know, there was a lot of community involvement and people were quick to jump on board and, and, uh, for a cause like this, you know, so I had a good night and uh, we wanted to be able to give back at some level. And, uh, it was awesome to be able to do that. So it's my understanding, uh, there was a $400 fast qualifier bonus and you donate, you donated that back to the charities. Exactly. Yeah. So we were talking in the pits. I, I, there's a handful of good cars there. There's a lot of really good cars, but uh, you know, Blake Rowe and, and uh, Trevor Berry and these guys, and I, you know, they're going to be fast. And we were talking, it's like, you know what, 400 bucks, we get quick time. That's, that's pretty incredible, you know? And, and so we talked about it and we kind of decided that in advance, we were going to do that. And, um, but you know, it, it's just, it feels good to be able to do that. And it was an incredible night. Like I said, you know, there was, um, lap 21 bonus money and then 5,000 to win. That's not normal for us, you know? So, um, it was just great to be able to contribute. Well, let's talk about, uh, the race night. Uh, obviously the facility, I want to talk about that. The event, I want to talk about that. Uh, let's start with the event, uh, the downright awesome modified event for racing for miracles. Um, we've talked about that organization and, and what they've done. Rich kind of alluded to it there with the fundraising efforts. Um, but let's talk about the race for you. Uh, that kind of money on the line, as you mentioned, some pretty good competition there. Um, how did your night go? Obviously, it went pretty well. Fast time and a, and a really good run in the feature that ended up in victory lane. Was it as easy as it looked? Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, we had a good car in practice. We showed up Thursday, and we were close. And we had a couple ideas and we're bouncing them off my dad saying, Hey, what do you think of this? He says, I don't know. I don't know. You're close. Do you want to mess with it? Uh, and we did just a little bit. And then it came time to decide whether or not we're going to leave it for race day. And so we did. Um, and we qualified and, and it was two hundredths off the track record. Wow. So 1588, we went to 1590, um, and had a little bit of a bottom out issue in three and four. So that held us up for maybe, uh, not quite a 10th, but almost, uh, so we, Darn near had that record, but not quite. Um, and then that starting position is so critical, you know, but we drew a four and that's really good, really good spot. And when I drew that four, I thought, okay, we're definitely in the, in the ball game here. We're where we need to be. So, yeah. And, and I want to talk about too, uh, starting on the outside at Bertrand, a lot of places around here, uh, pavement tracks specifically, you kind of want to be on the bottom and, and your modifieds and that racetrack, the way it is right now, uh, outside row two, I mean, that's like you said, that's a pretty good place to be. It is, you know, I mean, and you can tune your car to run the bottom. You can tune your car to run the top or kind of do them both, but maybe not quite as well. And, um, you know, if you can get it run on the bottom, that's fantastic. But if the other 23 cars want to run there, it's going to be awfully hard to pass. So, um, you know, you got to kind of plan ahead and say, okay, well, what are we going to be up against? Uh, what's my starting position? Am I up front? Am I going to be back? And uh, where do I see opportunity coming throughout 50 laps? And so uh, I needed to definitely be on the high side. And so that worked out good. Now, you picked up the lead early inside the first 20 laps. Probably a preferable thing that, you, that you'd rather be out there, not back in a pack. But when, when you got a field that includes Eddie, Rowe, and Barry, um, 
it's not over until you see the checkered flag. <laughs> Yo, man, you, you couldn't be more right. Those guys, uh, extremely fast cars. Between the three of them, they've won a ton of races. And that's all over the state, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana. Wherever they go, they're a threat. You know, it's no fluke um, when they're fast. It's expected. So uh, I was I was a little nervous, actually, you know, getting ready to start that show. And I thought, man, these guys are good. They're as good as anybody you're going to find in short track racing, in my opinion. You know? um, at Blake Rowe, I think earlier in the year, just won a, a template car show down in Toledo. And, and uh, the Modifieds, he's top three everywhere he goes, um, usually number one. So um, it was real good to be able to come home ahead of those guys. You get out front, you get out front, and, and, and you kind of get away from a little bit. Then you have to deal with lap traffic. How hard is that to you to stay calm and clean, knowing you have a lead, and it's, you know, really yours to, for lack of a better word, screw it up? <laughs> yeah, well, it brought back memories of the hot sheet from last year, no doubt about it. Blake Rowe was uh, second place. I was in the lead. Came up upon those guys last year at Springport, and, and uh it, it cost me the lead. And so I made up my mind that wasn't going to happen. So, um, kind of made it underneath. I think it was Dan leak and he was racing with somebody else. And, and, uh, luckily they broke up just at the right time because I was going to have to make a decision there. And, um, I wasn't going to be able to slow down. Uh, that wasn't one of the decisions. <laughs> so, uh, I had to go and, and luckily that worked out. Let's talk about the amount of money that was on the line, $5,000 to win, $400 for qualifying, and uh, then the lap bonus money. You mentioned this is something you don't see for this division. Uh, any added stress when you're racing for that kind of money? Or, or, I mean, are you so comfortable at Birch Run that it's just another night behind the belts? Uh, it's not so much an added stress regarding what kind of decisions I'm going to make. It's what's the other guy going to do for that $5,000. Sure. Um, you know, just to lead lap 21, the significance of that, the 21 chromosomes for those that uh, have Down syndrome, so that's how they kind of determined whoever leads lap 21 is a $2,100 bonus. Wow. And, so, and, and to put that into perspective, you've raced for uh, purses that pay less than that to win, I'm sure. Regularly, yeah. yeah. Uh, quite regularly. So that was a big deal. You know, we, nobody knew that prior to the driver's meeting. Uh, the girls had announced that, and that kind of perked everybody's attention, yeah. or peaked everybody's attention, rather, because that's that's big bucks to leave yeah. one lap, and so you, you never know what kind of decisions get made for uh, leading that that twenty first lap. That, that's why he wanted to get there early and yeah. see that lap twenty one. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Oh, hundred percent. You know, I saw Lakota out front, and he was fast, but it it looked like from my seat he had to run his car a little harder than he would have wanted to, and to maintain that pace. So I thought, okay, if I can catch him by lap nineteen, and, and that gives me a couple laps to work on him and try to get by. Uh, but then we had a caution that set us up for the restart on the front row. And and um, he actually caught me snoozing a little bit. I saw oh. the video like an hour ago, and I knew in the car that he, he caught me off guard. But, wow, you can really see it on video. Uh, he, he took off, and I was not anticipating that. So you know, um, you know, David, if I was leading at lap 20 and you're racing to try to get to that 20, lap 21, you're, if I'm not winning the race, you're surely not getting that bonus. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other thing. You know, everybody there knows lap 21. I mean, that's almost as valuable as a win any other day or even more so in some cases. So, um, no, it wasn't going to be easy, but I could tell he had to run his a little bit harder and tire management. With these modified, you know, you 
can't always get away with that. You can almost never get away with that. Because when that right rear gives up, it's like driving on gravel, man. It's slick. I was going to ask you that. There's not many opportunities to run 50-plus laps in these modifieds. And uh, on this surface of Birch Run, that's a little abrasive. Um, you know, what what's what goes into strategy? Is it is it just about the right foot? Are there things you're doing different with the car setup? Uh, how, do you, how do you stretch that thing for 50 laps? Well, every car is a little bit different. Some may want to get a little tighter as you go. Some may want to get a little bit looser. And so you kind of got to plan that in advance and say, okay, if it's going to get tighter, I'm going to start this thing a bit on the free side or vice versa. So um, luckily, I think we've got to a place to where this this particular car stays really consistent over the run. Uh, I'm not, not feeling a ton of changes in either direction. So if you can manage to do that, uh, you're really in good shape for these longer shows. I was talking, uh, you know, a, a week or so ago to, to Trevor Berry at Toledo. He went to run the or Flat Rock. He went to run the Outlaw Show there, the Joy Fair Memorial 100. And we talked about him breaking the track record at Toledo. And he said, really, um, you know, there wasn't anything that, that was different about Toledo, but there's such a big difference between these nine inch slicks and then <clears throat> and the nine inch treaded tires. Yeah, you know, there really is. I, these ones, they seem to tolerate heat a little bit better. Uh, it didn't take much to piss off the treaded tire, whereas this one, <laughs> it does tolerate a little bit more abuse. Um, so that's good. I like that. I can run the car a little bit more aggressively and, and keep the tires under it still. Are you noticing anything? Uh, I just I like to get pick drivers' brains every once in a while with everything that's going on in our world right now. You know, last year and, and kind of the year before that, we were talking about these tires are junk. You know, they're they're coming off the assembly line junk. Um, anything right now that you're noticing with uh, you know supply shortages or anything? How how are tires holding up? Uh, they're holding up fine, but I'll tell you that the walk to the Hoosier Tire Truck is a little harder to do this year than hurt, it has been it? in years past. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's expensive and, and luckily we've been running well and able to, to kind of at least cover the tire bill. And then we've got a lot of great sponsors and help that kind of jump on board and, and really contribute to our team too. You know, I may be out of line here, but, uh, you know, David, it seems the last couple of years, uh, you know, that I don't want to say you're late to the game, but maybe at this point in the season, you're thinking, okay, we're going to roll out and see what's going on, you know, kind of pick and choose your battles. And, uh, it seems like you've been ready to, you were ready to go as soon as the season rolled off this year. And, uh, man, you haven't missed, you really haven't missed a beat since you got going. I'll tell you, the past winter was probably the most difficult winter for me because the summer before that, we ran so well. And I, I almost had to throw a car cover on it and, and put a lock on it somehow. Because <laughs> to I stay away from it? it. And, yeah. yeah, we just we ran so strong last year. And so we were able to really not do much and come out swinging. Um and it's been good so far, you know, so I'm looking forward to the rest of the year. Well, and I wanted to talk to you about that, too, because uh, you posted when you posted on Facebook, you said we almost changed this car after practice. And you talked about how glad you weren't. How hard is it to put the wrenches down and say this is as good as it's going to get? And if we keep messing with it, we're going to screw it up. Uh, for me, it's incredibly difficult. I, I work on this thing most days. I'm, I'm probably out in the shop. I'm out here right now. So, um you know, five, six days a week. And I'm always trying to find speed, but it is so much easier to dial yourself out of the park than yeah. it is to find a, a half a tenth or a tenth. So it's, yeah. yeah did, it's you just, tell, didn't you tell us last year that, that that's a Travis's car? He, he built that one for you? Um, no, he didn't build this as a how chassis. Uh, okay. I talked quite a bit last year on different setup things and that, but, um, you know, I mean, it's, 
it's a combination of ideas. I guess we'll just say that. Well, well, how does it make you feel? I mean, you like you said, you had a lot of competition. Blake Rowe was there, who's been flat out fast in everything he sits in um, for the last year or so. Uh, Trevor Berry, very fast. And, and like we said, um, you know, Travis Eddy, just, he goes down to Florida and just stinks up the show every, every February when he wants to. Um, I mean, right away, you got to say, I don't have a room for error here. That's really it. You know, that's the whole reason we were making these minor tweaks on Thursday. You know, I showed up and it was good, but good isn't perfect. And so you're constantly trying to find that at least on the asphalt side. And, um, the car is important. You know, you, you can be any level of driver you want to be, but if you don't have a good horse, you're not going to be up front. Tell me about the, uh, the, the next couple of weeks here, 2022, uh, you're rolling, you put five big ones in the bank. Obviously everybody knows what's going on right now in our economy. 71 uh, big ones in the bank. I was going to try to let, you know, I was going to let him keep that 20, 2100 to play with. We weren't going to put that one in the bank. Uh, but David, nonetheless, everybody knows what's going on. Um, so d- tell me about the next couple of weeks. This obviously helps, uh, but do you start to get picky now as we get into June and see what's what's unfolding? Um, you know, we're not traveling quite as much as we did last year. I didn't go to Toledo, uh, regrettably. You know, I saw the videos online, and that place is so fun. We don't have a lot of chances to run there, and um, I just thought, man, I, I think I'll sit this one out. And that was the hardest thing. Um, especially watching the cars go around and mine isn't there. But, you know, I think really with what's uh, going on here at Bertrand Speedway, we've got another three shows, I believe, that are $2,500 to win, 50 laps. That's better than uh, any traveling show that I know of, other than the hot shoe, um, and really better than anything else going on. I think you might find a couple shows here and there, uh, Whittemore, I think, has a, a good one, and maybe Onaway will have something. But it, it's great money, and it's one mile from the house, so it's really hard to beat. And that so, was, what do you, so what do you got? Oh, I'm sorry, Zach. Go ahead. Well, I, I was just gonna, I was just going to ask David what he's got coming up on his schedule. Well, he mentioned it, Birch Run, and I wanted to ask him what he thought about all the facility upgrades that were made over the winter and are continuing to be made. I, I think that place has laid down more asphalt in in a month and a half than uh, most pavement racetracks have seen in probably a couple of decades. They're not short in the effort department. Um, they are doing everything they can. I, I don't know of another speedway of either surface that's putting in that kind of improvement, that type of investment for the racers, for the fans. Um, I went down to the grandstand side uh, Friday and was blown away. There are people everywhere. They've got these lights overhead. There were stormtroopers dressed up. There were uh, little stands and kiosks selling throwback T-shirts and pictures and all kinds of stuff. And it was just so cool to see the families there. There was tons of kids, which this event was really geared towards that. And um, just everybody really enjoying themselves. And I, I mean, that's the idea for every, every racetrack, but they're really doing it well. Um, and despite the, the issues we're all having, finding employees and different things like that, they still seem to manage to find the right people and put them in the right place over at Bertrand. Yeah, David, I, I was there for the Jake Surrey All-Stars Tour race, and I walked to the pit area, and I couldn't believe it, right? Uh, world of difference. But are they putting the asphalt where the drivers don't want it and where they would rather have it? <laughs> uh, well, honestly, the big track, the four-tenths there, isn't a, an old surface at all. I think it's probably the second oldest in the state, only because the quarter mile is the newest. Um, so as far as track surface goes, it's great. 
Uh, what they've done in the pits is fantastic because, you know, it used to be a dusty mess, and that's not something you're going to see anymore. Um, I cannot believe how much asphalt Andy Susky has, has laid down at that place, but it makes it such an awesome experience, you know, for the, the crew guys, the, the teams, the drivers, everybody. Um, you can pull your equipment in clean and leave clean. Um, and so that's nice. That's what I was going to ask, too, is for the – you know, maybe for the dirt track fans who are listening, they say, hey, we, we deal with dust every day, you know, in our pits. Or maybe uh, the, 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 the guys who are listening that have a nice pit area at their track, um, or even the layman fan who doesn't quite understand, why is that so? Uh, why is that such a big deal to you to have that asphalt laid down and to not have to worry about the dust bowl? I mean, it, it would get pretty bad there at Bertrand. It did. I mean, I guess it's, it's track specific. Um, or just the layout of the pit area, there, there was kind of a long way to go between where you'd exit the track and, and go through the pits and and then make your way over to turn four where you'd enter the track again. And so it was just a long time of driving on that gravel. And, and the, you know, the, the, sound summer, of, uh, the sound of rocks pinging off your frame and wheel wells is always real comforting as well. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, to not just – it's just one more thing that they're doing over there that makes it that much nicer than a lot of the other pavement tracks or any kind of racetrack you're going to go to. Um, it's not that it – made it you know a place that, that i wouldn't go to before it's just that much nicer now and um you know like i said given this economy there's not a ton of people that are willing to invest the kind of dollars that improvements take uh to really make a difference but they are david for our listeners and your fans that may be tuning in tonight uh, let's just kind of do a little synopsis of uh of what your june looks like coming up where everybody can find you well, we've got Birch Run on the 10th coming up. Uh, that's the $2,500 to, sh- uh, to win show. And Whittemore has one. It's, uh, I think they called it the June Bug 74. 74 laps, it's 3500 to win. Uh, and that one's on the 18th. And then maybe Spartan Speedway, well, Corrigan Oil Speedway over in Mason, Michigan on Good the catch. 24th. And then uh, the rest of that weekend, maybe I'll pitch a tent somewhere in the UP and go for a camping <laughs> trip. But I don't know. I haven't decided yet. You know, it's, it's, I take it week to week. If we run well, then I'll say, okay, let's hit the road and find somewhere else. If I run terrible, then it's okay. We need to go through the front end or, or do whatever it is, you know, but, uh, that's, that's what it looks like so far. David, uh, last thing for me, tell me about, uh, the people behind the scenes and I don't necessarily mean the names on the side. You can definitely end with that, but I mean the people Monday through Thursday, uh, back there at home supporting you. Tell me about that family. They got to be thrilled yeah. for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I was over at mom and dad yesterday, and we were talking over tires and, and the shortage and that. So they're huge. Um, Matt Scannell, his nephew Cody Scannell, and they've been longtime friends of our family. Dale Palmer, he's always there. Um, George Colley, my cousin, he's always there. Probably the hardest working guy in the pits, you know. So um, those guys do whatever it takes. I don't even have to ask. They know. Um, That's so awesome. It's awesome having guys that volunteer, but know what to do like it's their own. Um, that makes my job so much easier. And then with the sponsors, like you said, you know, Rat Tech Engine Service, Junior over there has been helping us for a long time. The the Lamp family over at State Building Company. Uh, Benny's Beer Hall, which is a really cool spot over in Millington, Michigan. Um Biggest beer selection around. <laughs> so if you're into that, the <laughs> Rich, you, Rich you have perked uh, Rich France's ears. He is ready to go. <laughs> I got my hand up, David. Just give me the address. <laughs> We're talking like 15 minutes from the speedway, so it's totally possible to catch a race and swing over to Bunny's the same night. <laughs> so, uh, and then, 
<laughs> the bus stop bar and grill, man. I go over there. I've worked from home a lot of the time now. So the bus stop bar and grill, I go over there and grab a burger probably once, twice a week and, uh, and hang out over there. So, and then, you know, we met some other good friends, Mitch and his wife, Deb, and they wanted to contribute to the car this year. They said, we want to be on a winning car. I said, I think we have one. Yeah. And, um, and they said, all right, well, let's do this thing. And so I said, all right, let's do it. Well, David, uh, we appreciate you making time for us. Congratulations, man. What a, uh, you know, as far as on the ranking, this event is really gaining some traction, gaining some speed. I know when we talked to Sarah at the uh, Michigan Motor, or at the, um, uh, uh, Auto Racing Fan, fan Club, Club. thank you, tournament. the Fan Club Bowling Tournament. Uh, they were jacked up about it back then, and uh, this thing just continues to garner attention and publicity, and I know it's going to be a marquee event that you're going to want to put your name on for years to come. No doubt about it. It was incredible to be able to get the first one, uh, but I really hope to get the second one because their announcements, uh, both Tiffany and Sarah, uh, it sounds like next year this thing is going to be many times more than than what it was wow. uh, this year. So we're talking uh, the most I've ever ran for in a single race. We're talking if David McManus wins next year, uh, we're going up to one of his sponsors and he's buying a round. <laughs> we're going to Benny's and the bus stop. We're going to be busy. That's right. <laughs> David, Save David. this recording. That's right. To it. <laughs> That's right. David, always a pleasure, man. Thanks so much. Congratulations. All right. Thanks for talking, guys. Well, Rich, I got to watch this guy just absolutely hand it to our guys up here in Michigan on a silver platter this weekend. So uh, I think I'll go ahead and take this one. It's our pleasure to welcome on to Horsepower Happenings for the first time the Bradner, Ohio driver, Nate Dussel. Welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Well, uh, let's just start with this weekend. And, and it came to my realization when we went to Victory Lane for that final time on Saturday night at 996 Speedway. You bring up the winged 410s for the fast 410s on dirt. You bring up the 360 for the Great Lakes Super Sprints presented by Engine Pro and ARP. And you won three out of the four features you entered over the weekend for a dominating weekend. Um, when I said that to you in Victory Lane, you started to get a little bit emotional. I saw that. Uh, just tell me about what that, now that we're to Monday, kind of what that all was about. What was washing over you when you realized how good of a weekend you'd had? Uh, I mean, a lot of things. Um, you know, I, I certainly didn't expect to go up there and um, win three features and really come damn close to winning all four of them. Um, you know, and it just uh, kind of felt like a put us on the map kind of moment, you know, to, to accomplish something like that. Um, you know, I know it's kind of cliche, but my guys have been working really, really hard. And, um, you know, we've really kind of just changed our, our outlook and mindset this off season and kind of thought, you know, the things we've been doing over the years maybe aren't always the best way. So let's kind of think outside the box a little bit, refresh. And man, like this year, the car has just been on another level, you know, I mean, uh, I just feel like I had the best car there all weekend. Not necessarily that I did anything super special behind the wheel. Um, and you know, on top of that, it's Jason Palsy's kind of home track. Um, so to go up there and, you know, really do what we did. And, uh, you know, he just lost his father two weeks ago. So just, there's a lot of, a lot of emotion behind it. Um, just, uh, really happy and, and really proud of everyone on this team. All right. Let's talk about the weekend. Uh, as we mentioned, four races for you, two cars, 410, 360, um, night number one on Friday, 
Uh, man, how about that? Uh, really good showing in the 360. You survived multiple late race restarts and uh, put it in victory lane uh, against a really what we call a stout Great Lakes Super Sprint Series field. Uh, you know, Rich and I often talk about there's, you know, half a dozen to a dozen guys that could win that show regularly for, for our 360 guys. And you held them all off, man, with, like I said, what was it, four late race restarts you had to survive? Right, yeah, I, I would totally agree that that's uh... – that's the style of 360 field you're going to get around here because, you know, you had a couple guys come up from the NRA. They're um, very capable of winning, too, and, and Jared Horseman and, um, you know, Sean Maloney, all those people coming up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, it just goes back to our car was just stuck, and, you know, I could really maneuver through traffic. I wasn't married to the top, wasn't, didn't have to run the bottom, middle, wherever. I just kind of went where they weren't, um, and I I mean, I think if that one caution doesn't come out, we, you know, run away with that one. But you sit there every restart and just think, what can go wrong, you know? And, and the guy behind you is just timing you up. And uh, luckily we were able to, to kind of go unscathed there at the end. Now the one guy behind you uh, was Danny Sams third, the Northport, Florida driver, and he had your number in the 410 sprint car race. Uh, I imagine Danny is not on the Christmas card list anymore, not because he did anything wrong, but dang it, <laughs> uh, dang it, you couldn't hold him behind you in the 410 race. Uh, talk to me about that. Yeah, I, I really didn't know who Danny Sams was um, going into this year, and um, you know we we raced earlier in the year at Attica against the NRA 360s. Um, series and he was there um, I, I kind of felt like we were in the class of the field along with maybe Dylan Westbrook and you know we were both really fast and you know I, I kind of seen him up there in qualifying times and took some notice to him and after I watched some uh, of the replay I was like man he was right there too so and then he goes to Wayne County and he wins uh, you know the 410 and 360 deal over there so he's, he's obviously the real deal um and he was definitely on my radar when I went up there, knowing that he's going to be a major player. Um, but that one kind of felt the same, you know. I was, again, I could maneuver all over. I was really dicing it up in lap traffic. Um, caution comes out. You know, I was making a ton of ground on the bottom, so just kind of stuck to that. And then he found the top, and I, I think it started to get a little bit abrasive and. Um, I don't necessarily think it rubbered down to that point, but it was getting kind of sticky up there. And, you know, after he passed me, I thought, well, maybe I'm just not hitting my line down here. So I gave it two more laps and he was still kind of pulling away. So then I hopped up there and I was like, damn it, I should have got up here. Mm -hmm. And ran him back down and on the last lap, a lap car was kind of in a tough spot for him. And he went to kind of slide in, but left himself in no man's land. So I tried to be, really patient around the tires and just get a great launch on the front stretch. And I did, but, um, in the process, I was kind of tight driving at him and I wasn't going to drive through him or, you know, into his left rear. And ultimately he, he had the race one. So, um, you know, hats off to those guys. Uh, like I said, they've been, they've been fast all year. Nate, I was looking through some of your stats, uh, for some of the events in the last few weeks. And, and it just seems like, um, you know, you're making things hard on yourself. You'd like to start deep in the field in the feature and work your way up. But is that is that the plan that, for easy living, or does it just work out that way? Um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've qualified really well. Uh, most of the year over at Fremont, we not sure why we missed the redraw over there. Uh, the fast format's a little bit difficult if you qualify good but not great. 
Uh, I think we had to start third in our heat, and we had to win it to redraw this match. So we started kind of starting tenth, and you know drove up to that win. Um, but other than that, I think the 360 show obviously had to start deep. But yeah, we haven't had to start deep too much. Um, but it just kind of so happened that uh, we did in the 361 because we we don't have a real giant 360 motor to go out there and qualify super well with. And uh, but once it frees up a little bit, I feel like we're we've got a motor that we can play with. Yeah, I saw. I was referring to a show where you started 18th to fourth, and that is just unbelievable. That I mean, that's that's just as tough as going from 13th uh, to the pin. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, gotta have a card good uh, to be able to come from that deep. That's for sure. Nate, let's uh, let's introduce you to some of these Michigan guys. Uh, you come up here this weekend. Uh, take me through your career a little bit. Uh, let me know kind of where you're coming from and and what leads you ultimately to uh, you know being <clears throat> being here with Fast. And and I know you were just kind of making a spot appearance with GLSS, but I know you got some track championships recently under your belt. And uh, just give me a little overview of where you come from. Right. Uh, I mean, probably up up until five years ago, everyone would have just said I was a you know, a really good 305 driver around here at Attica and Fremont. Um, you know, I think I have, uh, I think 15 wins maybe over Attica and 25 305 wins uh, at Fremont. Um, you know, we were pretty dominant up until 2018 when we finally were able to afford to get a 410 for our family team. Um, and we won. I think three track championships in Attica in the 305, a couple 305 fast titles. So, yeah, I think, you know, people thought we were a really solid 305 team, and but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to translate to the 410 deal. And, um, obviously, it takes a lot more resources to, to fund a 410 team. And so 2018, we finally um, got one in our deal, and, Ran okay um, for what we had. In 2019, we ran a little bit better. We were able to run a little bit more than we did in 18. Um, and then I would say what really turned us around is 2020, Jason Fawzi came on board and um, you know helped us with resources, brought another motor, and kind of elevated us to a two-car, two-motor team, which is pretty big around here when you're trying to run 30 to 40 races. Um, and that year we picked up, um, two 410 wins and ended up winning the, the Fremont track championship, which, you know, Fremont's definitely my home track, my favorite track, a lot of history at that place. You know, that's, that's where I went and sat in the grandstands as a little kid, you know, watching Byron Reed and, and Mark Keegan and, um, Frankie Kerr, all those guys, you know, and I, just dreamed that maybe one day I'd be able to even get on the front stretch there, um, let alone uh, get my name on, on the trophy for the uh, Hall of Fame. It's pretty awesome. And Talk then, about- uh, oh, go ahead. I guess 2021 20, last year we had a, a decent year. Um, again, just mostly Attica Fremont. We ran Ohio Speed Week, made I think six of eight shows, won three races. So we had, we had a solid year. We started out really slow and um, kind of inconsistent, which isn't typically how we operate. We, I like to think I'm consistent top five, top 10 car. We just kind of lack that a little bit, but found some things and really started building for, um, this year. And 
really the only reason we did fast this year was because um, my fiance and I decided we were getting married this year. We're going to do it on Labor Day weekend, which for the last, I don't know, 15 years has been an all-star show at Attica that we haven't really went to in the last couple of years. So we thought that would be a great weekend. And then a couple weeks later, they called schedule and the all-stars pulled that race and they had an AFCS race um, that weekend. So we weren't going to be able to run for that for points, which, you know, for the Michigan people is Attica Fremont Championship. And it's basically just extra money on top of uh, your regular point fund for running the same exact race as you would anyway. So I started thinking, well, we can't run for that. We'll just kind of do, you know, somewhat of a quote-unquote outlaw schedule and just pick where we want to go. And then uh, we kind of just got to thinking that, well, we started discussing the fast deal and we're like, yeah, I, don't, I just don't know if the cost of traveling is going to offset doing it. And then, no joke, like a day or two later, they come out that they're going to pay even more for their championship. So, I mean, it kind of felt like a sign. Um, so, we, you know, I talked to the sponsors and, and made sure it was all right with them. And everyone's on board for it. And um, it's just been huge. I mean, we've already we got five wins this year. And uh, I just feel like I'm growing a lot as a race car driver. You know, even after 12, 13 years of racing, this is certainly the the biggest leap I feel like I've taken behind the wheel and you know we're only 11 races into the year so it's super excited about that um to kind of see all that pay off I love I love as we learn about who Nate Dussel is on the phones tonight that the anniversary that he and his fiance are going to share for the rest of eternity is going to be based around the all-star circuit of champions uh pulling a pulling an event (laughs) <laughs> and AFCS not having one, and Fast has got this, that, and the other. You know, usually couples say, when do you want our anniversary date to be? Oh, I want it to be the 11th of <laughs> August. No, we want it to be whenever the heck we can go racing. <laughs> That's right. Can we win a points well, championship you know, and get married at the same time? If the answer is yes, that's the date. <laughs> right. Well, you, you know us racers, we get pretty upset when people schedule weddings in the summer. So. That's right. We thought we had a good weekend picked up. Nate, talk to me about the All-Star Circuit of Champions. You, you know, you step out a little bit. We had Cap Henry on the show, and he, he's been full-time with them, you know, the last couple of years. And that was a big step for him, right, because he was just winning everything, you know, around here. Um, and all and the competition at All-Star Circuit of Champions, that's from top to bottom, isn't it? Right. I mean, you know, I'm 32 years old, so I've, I haven't seen it, you know, the All-Stars really 20, 25 years ago. I wouldn't can't really speak much to that group, but I can tell you this right now, the competition span ever since I can remember, you know, it's, you got four or five, six teams that really have the resources to go outlaw racing. And, you know, they just kind of continue to do the all-star stuff because it makes sense for them. And, uh, it's, it's tough. You know, we, we pull in there and the goal is to just get in the show. Most of the times, you know, at Fremont, I feel like I can um, take it to them if, you know, the thing's, kind of work out um but yeah they're they got a stout group you got like i said five or six guys that i think are could go on the outlaw tour and then you got another five or six that are pretty damn close to that too now i want to go back to this weekend and uh, talk to me about where you're coming from as a driver uh morgan miller the correspondent with the uh, fast four tens she talked to you in victory lane and she said that this appears to be uh, perhaps the most relaxed that she's ever seen you in the pits, uh, you know, at this point in the season or p- possibly ever. And you kind of echoed that and said, you know, 
I'm usually a stone wall. You're not going to catch me, uh, you know, shooting the breeze and having a good time. I'm going to be really, <laughs> really focused and, uh, you know, probably not exactly approachable. And you said that's been different for you over the last few weeks, maybe even a month. Talk about that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure why. Um, you know, I guess I just don't feel the pressure. You know, when we go to Attica and Fremont, it really feels like every night you can't have a bad night. Um, or you're kind of out of the mix and in the points at least. And, but for whatever reason, doing this deal, I, I don't, I go into each track with a little bit less expectation, mostly because I haven't been to a lot of them. Um, I don't know what to expect and, you know, <laughs> going there relaxes, you know, seems to work pretty well so far. Um, so that's kind of, I'm trying to be a little more, um, you know, loose, and um, just have a little more fun, you know. At the end of the day, I don't know how long I'm going to get to do this, and um, I'll look back and maybe think that I should have been like this my entire career. But um, you know, it's also felt like I was a little bit successful when I was like that too, but maybe didn't quite enjoy it as much as I am right now. Nate, you want to know what relaxes you and makes you relax? Trophies and those big checks you get your picture taken with. Those will, those will relax you all day long. Trust me. That's the whole reason. Right. Now. <laughs> right. And and just, um, you know, being in a better position financially and all that stuff. You know, when you go to the racetrack and you got to make X amount of dollars just to kind of make it to the next week and you don't have a ton of backing with sponsors, you can't crash stuff, you can't blow motors and you might sit for a little while. You know, now I'm very fortunate you know i got a couple couple sponsors that i know if shit hits the fan you know they'll be there for us and um yeah but you're right the checks and trophies sure make it feel a little bit better too you have one of the uh most iconic i think celebrations in auto racing uh it may be <laughs> it may be borrowed borrowed from the world wrestling entertainment uh from the early 2000s <laughs> is that borrowed it is did, did that look familiar to me on purpose oh yeah it's definitely uh stolen from Stone Cold Steve Austin. I love it. I love um, it. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was actually kind of funny because it was 2020. Uh, I hadn't won a feature in years. And I told my brother-in-law, I said, you know what? When I win one, I'm going on top of the wing. You're throwing me two beers. I'm going to play them together like Stone Cold. <laughs> and uh, just so happened, my first win of 2020, my brother, who's my crew chief, wasn't there. And it just didn't feel right to do it. Um, so I didn't do it then. And then I ended up winning later in the year when he was there. And, um, we did it and it made it on wing nation and all that stuff. And, you know, I, I don't, I love doing it. Uh, I just don't want to be a guy like I'm, you know, rubbing it into anyone, but, um, for the most part, I think people enjoy it and have a good time with it. And, uh, I, I can tell you, I'm that, just you know, offended a little, I'm just offended a little bit because that's some quality beverage hitting the dirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? That upsets a little bit of people too. You know? <laughs> Uh, I, I know that when I saw the first beer go from about 15, 15 feet from the car, when that one got launched up there, I took about four steps back away from the car because I was pretty <laughs> sure I knew it was coming next. And, uh, man, that's, that is an awesome celebration. Don't ever let that go. I think that's fantastic. And, and some of us who know what that's from really enjoy it. I also want to talk about right. what, what we talked about in Victory Lane. You said, I run a lot at Lima. And you said this racetrack tonight was a lot like that and was probably unfair to these guys up here in Michigan. And I got to tell you, I-96 Speedway is usually a racetrack that doesn't do that. Every other dirt track in the state of Michigan is going to rubber down and slow down like I-96 did over the weekend. 
it was interesting. I think it almost evened the playing field for you guys, but you were able to rise to the occasion with what you had raced on before as well. Uh, I think it was a fantastic show and, and was really – I didn't expect a non-Michigan guy to win on that racetrack because of what it was doing. And then you threw my theory out the water and said, oh, no, I ran Lima Land. This is what we do. Yeah, actually, it's Fremont. Is, uh, oh, Fremont. I'm sorry. Fr- Fremont. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it, it was a lot like Fremont. You know, it gets um, sealed up in black, and it's not grippy at all. Um, it did Friday night, it, just because I think so many people were running the top, it finally um, started to get you know, a little bit abrasive and, and maybe rubber down just a smidge. But honestly, my tires didn't show that, but some other people did. But they were up top a little bit more than I was. But Saturday, it um, definitely got super slow. They were coming off the forward. It was just glass from top to bottom. And uh, that is definitely what Fremont does most of the time when it gets slick. And it's just, uh, it's a different ball game, you know, it's, when I say when it's slick like that, if you don't have a good race car, there's no no driver that's going to make it go. You know, at, at the end of the day, it, it takes both um, to kind of navigate on a racetrack like that. And I love that because, you know, that's that's my wheelhouse. Um, that's what I've kind of – at Fremont, I, I feel like I'm good on all surfaces. But, you know, I'm very good when it gets slick. And, honestly, a lot of the 360 guys up there don't. And even Lima um, don't kind of see that kind of surface, so. You know, um, you know what I thought, I thought like was interesting? We knew what to throw on it. What I thought was interesting about mm-hmm. 96, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Nate, but what I thought was interesting is, uh, you know, the guys up here were either all the way at the top, bouncing off the guardrail, or right around the tractor tire, searching for something to put that left rear tire in. I noticed a couple of times coming off of four, you were smack dab in the middle of that thing and making it eat, and, and nobody else was figuring out how to do that. Right. Yeah, I could um, – really, when I was doing that, I was just – trying to pick up everything I could on entry. So I was driving in as hard as I could. Um, and I knew there was just at that point, no way that I could stop my car to rotate and kind of hit the bottom. So I would just try to be as easy as I could on the throttle and, um, just be super straight. And, you know, I'm, I'm obviously going to lose something on exit there, but I was trying to kind of offset it by really gaining a lot on entry. And that's when I was trying to maneuver around that lap car. that was just giving me so many fits and couldn't quite figure out how to clear him. Nate, you talk about being a, a smaller team, not a lot of big sponsors. You, you guys have to be be careful uh, what you spend. Um, you know, you got some names on that car, but but talk about the people that help you day in, day out, and the sponsors that you do that. Now's your chance to give them all a shout-out. Yeah, I mean, I, this car is full now. Um, I haven't always been that fortunate, but we're, we're in a position now where, you know, we are, I think, a better-funded team around here, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're still a small family team, but yeah, um, definitely Brandon Shaw and Kerry Shaw with SNS S calling an excavator. You know, he's pulled us to all these events that are kind of farther away, and you know that helps us out a lot with fuel and and uh, kind of just taking the pressure off me driving the truck and trailer. Um, Tracy Lopez with Industrial Movers. You know, he's been on board with us ever since uh, I think 2016. Um, he's been a big big part of that. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, Jason Fawzi, uh, he's done a lot for me the last two, three years, really taking our team to another level. Um, Joe Barrier, if you guys ever had a chance to stop down and look at my cars, the bodies on them are all custom, 
built from aluminum and he does them they're amazing i think he's been doing them for about 10 years now so next time i'm up there you have to swing down and, and check them out um jrc transport out of fremont Wertec, um al davis real geese a plus auto center uh speedways they hooked us up with pizza this weekend um box seven local 20 teamsters um you know just kind of product guys you know doug berryman with brs has really helped us out getting our shocks dialed in and Stuart williams with elite wings tony beaver uh getting our cars really good so takes that entire group and you know my guys my brother tag and mike have been with me forever um you know craig's really getting things dialed in along with with jason's help and uh, my dad's been maintaining the cars the last couple of weeks takes a lot of pressure off us which is awesome you know my fiance my mom my sister help out a lot with merchandise and um my nephews are are there almost every week when they don't have sports going on my cousin scott um yeah we just we got a huge group of, of people and you know some kind of make fun of us a little bit with how many people we bring to the racetrack but uh there's a reason why they should their weight because they you know we, we treat each other well and we just have a really good time nate uh i i think that it's worth saying again you as far as finishes that are documented on my race pass you have one race outside of the top 10 and that one paired with another so two races outside of the top five so far this season uh really clicking them off here in in 2022 man congratulations on a on a stellar season so far and man congratulations on a lights out weekend that you had three firsts in a second uh really an awesome performance congratulations yeah thank you and uh thank you for having me and and like i mentioned victory lane you know i-96 was racetrack itself was awesome smooth fast um you know gloss crew or you know their group of guys they were on it super organized which i really enjoy the race car driving um yeah that was fun a lot of fans bought a lot of shirts uh, and kind of supported me which i wasn't really expecting so um big thank you to, to everyone at up, up at i-96 all right nate thanks so much for joining us man good luck the rest of the way all right thanks zach thanks rich well, Rich, that's going to do it for another night of Horsepower Happenings. And as we get ready to put a bow on this one, we take a look ahead, which usually means looking into the weekend. But, Rich, we're only going to look about 48 hours ahead to get things started tonight. Yeah, Zach, uh, Berlin Raceway this Wednesday, June 8th. Money in the Bank 150. What a loaded field we've seen on the entry list. Pollard, William Byron, Eric Jones, Majeski, Sammy Smith, Crump, Rorig, Seneca, Campbell, uh, along with all the local stars. Um we got a check mark next to, or a star next to Carson Hosevar waiting on that decision. Uh, but unbelievable event coming up. Qualifying at 5.30 on Wednesday, race time at 6.30 p.m. That's going to be a quality event. Don't miss it. Yeah, looking forward to that. Birch Run Speedway back in action Friday night. It's Friday Night Thunder number two. And the must-see racing winged sprint cars have their second event of the 2022 season. Also, $2,500 to win for Modifieds going 50 laps. Other divisions in action as well. Race time, 7.30, and you can catch last week's guest, Jason Blonde, at Birch Run Speedway come Friday night. The Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer set to be back in action. And then, Rich, uh, this was always one of my most favorite events if I was going to put the Hoosier 8, 7, or 970s on. The old street stock was some Sunday racing at Corrigan Oil Speedway. Eight in one show. 
including the NorthSideTowing.net Outlaw Super Late Models, race number four for them. And then, of course, Legends, Street Stocks, Pure Stocks, Front Wheel Drive, Pony Stocks, Bandoleros, Figure Eights. Gates open at 3, racing at 5 o'clock at Corriganola Speedway. And then, Rich, as you know, other races sprinkled uh, sprinkled in across the uh, the state as well. Yeah, I, th- I think where, where I'm going to be, I get the – I think I earned taking a 10-minute drive to the racetrack on Saturday. Yeah, I but, think uh, so. Yeah, so we're going to go back to nights for the first time this year at the Flat Rock Speedway. Uh, school bus figure eight, night of destruction night. But the outlaw late models are going to also be on the card. So for the outlaw late model fans or if you're a night of destruction fan, uh, Flat Rock Speedway, kick, we kick things off uh, 7 p.m., first night race of 2022 at Flat Rock. Looking forward to it, man. Uh, good luck this weekend with what you've got going on. And uh, I tell you what, as we always say, we don't care if we're at a racetrack. <clears throat> we don't care if you're at a racetrack where we are. We'd love to see you. Come say hi. How's it going? Um, but all we care about is do what you can, garner the pennies, take back the beer bottles, and find a way to get to the races this weekend. Get your backside, trackside, support Michigan Auto Racing uh, in our area, and uh, do what you can to get out there. For Rich France, who uh, is my co-host and really basically runs this thing, uh, for Scott Menlin, who pays the bills, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning in another episode of Horsepower Happenings. We'll be back same time, same place next week right here with Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com and be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.